Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250. And say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. The state of our union, much like the state of our podcast, is strong. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Welcome back to Verdict with Ted Cruz. I'm Michael Knowles. Senator, you have just come from the Capitol and the State of the Union address. I want to get into that because it was one of the greatest State of the Union addresses I've ever seen. It was raucous. Before we get to that, I have to talk about Iowa because the last time I saw you, we were here for three hours last night waiting to do a podcast (laughs) about Iowa and then the results never came in. Look, two words, dumpster fire. I mean, it is. So, so last night, uh, last night, Monday night, yep. 
you and I arrived here at nine. Uh-huh. The plan was we're doing a podcast. So right. we said, all right, we'll get Iowa results and we'll go just on air and react to them. Mm-hmm. And then nine o'clock became 10. That became 11. That became 12. And we're sitting there going, we have no results. We still don't have results. I, but the nice thing about a podcast, look, if we had a TV show that right. went on at 9 p.m., <laughs> we'd have to go on air and say, tonight, we know nothing. <laughs> and then you just kind of sit there. And so right. we said, all right, if we don't know the results, Let's do the podcast tomorrow. But you remember then we said, all right, let's do it 10 (laughs) a.m. We didn't have results at 10 a.m. Then we said, let's do it at 3 Uh p.m. We didn't have results at 3 p.m. And we're sitting here now at at 1243 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And we have 60% of Iowa reporting. We have 60% of Iowa reporting. There is a discrepancy between the delegates and the popular vote. Now, you happened to win Iowa in 2016. So I want your insider take. But just from what I'm reading, Pete Buttigieg, who declared victory last night with no results in, he has 27 Which I'll actually like give him some credit. That, <laughs> that was a ballsy move. And so, look, in that scenario, and actually the numbers are backing him up. Mm-hmm. If he had come in with 3%, he would have looked pretty ridiculous. Right. But, but that was... Uh, Fortune favors the bold. That's exactly right. Right now, in terms of delegates, Pete Buttigieg has 27%. Bernie is at 25%. Elizabeth Warren, 18%. Poor Joe Biden down at 15%. Amy Klobuchar, 12.6%. And yet Bernie is leading in the popular vote. I think people have no idea what the Iowa caucus is, including many Iowans. You spent a lot of time in Iowa in 2016, and it paid off because you won the, the state. What happened? What does it look like? So Iowa is a state where... They take their responsibility very seriously, and people pour thousands of hours into grassroots campaigning in Iowa because Iowa has proven to be a launching ground where, mm-hmm. where look, Iowa rarely elects a nominee or elects a president, but it, it excludes a lot of people, and it can mm-hmm. elevate someone who wasn't a front runner, who wasn't dominant, to major top-tier status. And right. so, you know, you look at the results in Iowa tonight or whenever we get them, <laughs> two months uh, from now. assuming they resemble the ones you just read, it's a catastrophic night for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Biden was the inevitable, the unstoppable front runner, and he's in fourth place. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. Um, it wasn't a great night for Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are battling for who can be the great leftist hope. Right. And Bernie right now won. If those numbers hold up and and you got to assume moving into New Hampshire, the poll numbers out of New Hampshire, Bernie, as as a neighbor in Vermont, is in a very strong position. So and all the polls bear that out. So, so Warren coming in third, she's still around. But between Bernie and Warren, she's not in a great place. It was a great night for Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. And look, Biden's donors right now are freaking out. Mm-hmm. Biden's supporters are freaking out. And if you figure there's... 20 to 30 percent of moderate Democrats, they got to flee somewhere. Buttigieg did a nice job of throwing himself in contention. Klobuchar would have been another person in contention. She's not totally out, but fifth place is not. She wanted to come in and shock the world with, say, a second place finish in Iowa. Mm -hmm. If that had happened, it could have really elevated Klobuchar to be the alternative to Biden. What what you may see some oxygen for is a Michael Bloomberg coming in. He seems to be trying to veer into this moderate lane. The Biden campaign is collapsing. It's They're- amazing what $50 billion could do. <laughs> I know. It's a- but, but, you know, the Democrats are the party of the people. 
and and the party of poor people. And and you know, frankly, you know, uh, Bloomberg does look at Tom Steyer and say, "You're a really poor billionaire." <laughs> That's true. As far as billionaires go, it's rarefied air. But you know, this this does make the Democratic candidates look a little bit ridiculous. In part because the candidate who won the popular vote very well may not win the state. And in well, part, Bernie's a socialist, so he's going to redistribute his votes to others. Um, I, you know, I got to say, number one, <laughs> that they the Democrats couldn't. And it's the state Democratic Party that screwed this up. Right. They couldn't figure out how to count the votes. Last night I was thinking about, you know, I felt really bad for the volunteers. Hmm. Every one of these candidates had people who, who pour their hearts into it. I mean, I remember four years ago in Iowa. I mean, we had worked for, for over a year. We had volunteers who had come in from Texas, from all over the country, who'd moved to Iowa. We actually hmm. rented an entire a dormitory. Uh, a college dorm that was filled with volunteers that would go out in blizzard conditions knocking wow. on doors. And and there's something called the Full Grassley, where Chuck, Chuck Grassley, the senior senator from Iowa, Chuck goes to all 99 counties in Iowa every single year. And four years ago in Iowa, I did the Full Grassley. The Full so Grassley, I went, you hit every county. I hit, and in fact, we hit the 99th county on the day of the caucus. And, and it, look, Iowa, you, you drive through a lot of sparse rural counties. You're doing events. I remember one of my favorite events was about 1030 at night. And it was a county where there were not many kind of big gathering places. So we did it at a gas station. Mm -hmm. and it was a pretty big gas station. And it was, it was on the road. And it was 1030 at night. And we had, I think, close to 100 people came out to the gas station from, from the county. And, and I jumped behind the counter and, uh, you know, began serving people coffee because it was 10, 1030 at night and they came out to hear, you know, it's a place where people have poured their hearts in and to get to last night, to get to the caucus, complete night, debacle, it collapses and to not have a result. Yeah. Um, I think that <laughs> I, I've never seen anything more messed up. So and, and by the way, Democrats are the people that tell you. They want the federal government to be in charge of everything. They, they think they're geniuses. And right. so they say, put us in charge of your health care. Yeah. Put us in charge of the economy. Put us in charge of your life. These people can't count votes. Right. It ain't complicated. You literally go to a gymnasium and go stand over there. If you're with Biden, right. go stand over there if you're with Bernie. Well, that's very complicated. But they can control your entire health care. There, there is a big contrast, right, be between the Democratic Iowa caucus's a complete debacle and tonight's State of the Union, which yep. you've just come from. Yep. This is the Republican president counting off his victories. And uh, the president spent the first, what, 20, 25 minutes of the speech just listing off his victories. I know that you spoke with the president a few days before the State of the Union. I was obviously not on the phone call, but I suspect you you talked about what that yep. speech should look like. So I talked to him on Sunday. He called me and, and we visited about a number of topics. But But on the State of the Union... I, I encouraged him. I, I said, make it positive, make it optimistic, focus on substance, mm -hmm. focus on results, focus on success. Don't focus on impeachment. I, and that was my very explicit advice. I said, Mr. President, for what it's worth, I wouldn't say a word about impeachment. Hmm. And, and, and the reason is, look, impeachment's going to be over tomorrow, mm -hmm. but there are still potentially a couple of votes in flux. So, so I told the president on Sunday, I said, I, I think the votes, the, the votes for not guilty 
will be somewhere between 50 and 56. Okay. I said 50 is the bare minimum. There will be 50 not guilty votes, and I'm confident of that. And as long as he has, I mean, he'll, he would need 67 votes of guilty to be removed from right. office. So, so, it's not so, gonna so be that's not going to happen. There was never any risk of that. Yeah. But on the upside, I think we could get as high as 56 not guilty votes. And I, and I said, look, Mr. President, if, if, if you gave a State of the Union that people saw as spiking the ball and it ticked them off, I said, look, a lot of the, you could end up seeing a few of these votes go south. And you have a little insider knowledge here because you're speaking to the people who yeah. could be those votes that go one way or the other, and you're speaking to the president. And so on Sunday, the, the, the six votes that were in play, you had three, three Republicans, uh, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney. Now, I, I told the president, I said, Frankly, I think all three will vote not guilty. Mm -hmm. Now, we know as of tonight, Collins and Murkowski have announced they're going to vote not guilty. So that that much is right. I, if Mitt has announced, I haven't seen it. So I think he probably will as well. But but we'll find out tomorrow on the Democratic side. I think there are only three votes that are even plausibly in contention. And that's Joe Manchin, who I think probably does vote not guilty. He has. It seems he's signaled that he's seriously considering voting not guilty, breaking with his party. Yeah, I had a reporter run up to me in the Capitol all excited and said, hey, what do you think of Joe Manchin's censure motion? And I said, I hope it means he's voting not guilty. <laughs> like, you know, that, <laughs> because that's what he, he suggested. Yeah. Instead of voting guilty, removed from office, he suggested vote, vote for censure, say that the president right. did a bad thing, slap him on the hand, but leave him in office. And I think the odds are pretty good that Manchin votes not guilty. The other two votes that are potentially in play are Kirsten Sinema, from mm -hmm. Arizona, who has she, she hadn't been in the Senate long, but she's been trying to carve out a more moderate path. I mm -hmm. think it's at least possible uh, she votes not guilty. And then the third one is Doug Jones from from Alabama, right? Who at least possibly could. So my advice to the president was rather than you know rather than risk getting into them angry, just focus on the incredible results at a positive vision. And, and I got to say, and, and I wasn't the only one who gave the president that advice. That was that was a lot of people were giving him that advice. But how did he do? I don't know that any of us were sure he would follow it. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I don't know that he was sure he would follow it. Uh, but he was open to it when we talked. And I thought he did spectacularly yeah. tonight. It, it, it is the best speech I've ever seen Donald Trump give. Hmm. And it started out just relentlessly making the case of the, the substantive victories we've had in the last three years. And, and, and it was powerful. It was compelling. It was, it was optimistic. And the contrast, the way congressional Democrats behaved tonight was horrible. They, they wouldn't even stand up or applaud for low unemployment or uh, there were women wearing white right like the the suffragettes and they wouldn't stand yep. up yep. and applaud for low female unemployment it, it was one after the other where the president says we have the lowest unemployment in history stone cold silence <laughs> the lowest african-american unemployment in history stone cold silence lowest hispanic unemployment in history stone cold silence as you point out lo lowest unemployment for women in 70 years and you have all of these congressional women in white who just are sitting there snarling. <laughs> what do they want? What more could I, they ask for? And I like that the president, he didn't just have one line about it. He had one after the other, mm -hmm. after the other, 
They were all based on facts. They were all based on substance. So when the president says the, the lower 50% of income, the people who are struggling the most have seen their incomes go up the, go up the most as a percentage. Stone cold silence mm-hmm. from the Democrats. When he talks about poverty, the lowest African-American poverty in history, stone cold silence. Right. You know, the moment in the early part of the speech that was most dismaying, the president talked about how 7 million Americans have come off of food stamps and 10 million Americans have come off of welfare. And not only did the, did the congressional Democrats not applaud, there was hissing. I mean, it was, was it because you couldn't really hear that on the TV feed on on the floor? They were hissing, and it was like You're it was like me. some leftists in a college college classroom. And I got to say, that's really twisted, and it reveals where the modern Democratic Party is, because they're saying they're saying to people who, who who are struggling that they want you to remain dependent they want you to remain un, unemployed they want you to you those seven million people the last three years have gotten jobs these are real men and women these are single moms mm-hmm. who are suddenly now working they're they're providing for their kids they, they have dig, the dignity of work the self-respect right and and the approach of the Democrats the congressional Democrats they hissed. That it's bad that they're off welfare. And it, it is revealing of, I think, a really cynical attitude. There, there, there was also, so one of the things the president did did really well, there, there are what are called Lenny Stutnik moments. Okay. Now, now what Len- is a Lenny Stutnik moment? So Lenny Stutnik is, is, we see them a lot in State of the Unions where the president calls someone out in the gallery. Okay. And, and the origin of that, it was actually Ronald Reagan who invented that. It was 1982. And Reagan called out Lenny Stutnik, who, who, who had saved someone who had crashed into the Potomac. Hmm. And, and it, look, Reagan was a master showman. He understood the power of it. But that was the first time in 200 years of our country's history that a president had done that. Huh. Now, every state of the union, you have a Lenny Stutnik moment. What President Trump did with that tonight, I've never seen, and he's taken it to another level. Hmm. So we saw, for example... Rush Limbaugh. That was an amazing moment. Um, when the president awarded him the Medal of Freedom, right there and then, and 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 Melania put it around his neck, Rush, I think, and I was sitting kind of right beneath where Rush was, so I was looking right up at him. He was probably, I don't know, 50 feet away from me. Rush was so astonished, and and... Look, yesterday Rush announced he has stage four lung cancer, um, and 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 if you haven't listened to his announcement on air, it's it's worth it's listening to. And, and you know Rush, I, 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 Rush is a friend. He is. I, I think the man is a hero and he's a patriot. And you know, I remember having dinner with Rush. I think it was 2015, mm-hmm. before the whole presidential campaign had started, and and we were talking about the future, and it had been eight years of of, of Obama or seven years at the time. And, and, and Rush at the time was, was a little, I wouldn't say discouraged, but he hmm. wasn't sure we could turn things around. It was a discouraging era. Um, and I remember telling him, I said, Rush, you have 20 million Americans who listen to you every single week. Look, you and I are pretty hop daddy skippy happy that <laughs> we've had Two million downloads in two weeks. So uh, look, that 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 ain't that's, nothing. That's pretty good. That's not. And you know, we did. By the way, just to mention it so in passing, we didn't podcast for a few days here. 
show's still at number two, I, even I, even with several days of silence. I, with, with, with well, that's the sound of silence. That's that that's the power of people wanting content. But my point that I said to Rush is, I said, look, you got twenty million people a week that listen to you. If every one of your listeners gets two other people to come out and vote, mm-hmm. that's it. Just each person find two people in America to come vote. That's 60 million people. I remember telling Rush, with 60 million people, we can turn this country around. Donald Trump won in 2016 with 62 million votes. Hmm. Those numbers were almost... Ex- and, and, and Rush, you know, it's an interesting... You and I both went on Glenn Beck this morning. We were right. back to back. Back to back. Uh, we <laughs> pounded this podcast. You and I, I think Glenn was ready to strangle us both. It was, <laughs> it was like a full hey, hour of plugging show, show, guys. Could you... Um, but... Both Glenn and then I did Hannity earlier tonight, and both of them gave beautiful, emotional tributes to Rush that he had blazed the field. I mean, that that, that he's number one. I mean, in many ways, what we're doing right now would be unthinkable it, without Rush. It, and he was a, a, the, the kind of lonely voice in the wilderness. And what was so powerful, there was all sorts of people across America mm-hmm. that we're sitting there going, I, I thought I was the only one. Hmm. And, and he just, he spoke for the everyman. He, he, and, and, and by the way, he speaks for the everyman. I, I, I don't want to, so my mom is a two-time cancer survivor. Uh, cancer is a horrific, nasty, vicious disease. And, right. and having been by my mom's side through chemo, through radiation. Seen it up close. Uh, it's horrible. Rush is a tough, tenacious fighter. So, I mean, I I sent, sent Rush a note yesterday that, that one of the things I said is, look, yours is an incredibly important voice in America, and we need you. And we're all, and it was a great moment to see Melania put it on, and obviously everybody's praying for him. But, but that, that we've never seen in terms of a Lenny oh, study. Right. would actually have the medal. And, and Rush was, was blown away. There were three times I, I had tears in my eyes and i've been to now i think seven state of the unions i've never had tears in my eyes and i had three times what were the other two that moment uh kayla mueller who was tortured and killed by isis her parents were there the president did an incredible job telling her her story um seeing them looking up look particularly as the father of daughters you know, I kept looking at the dad. I mean, look, and, and the mom, but, you know, I identified, identified with the dad. And to know the horrific hell that their daughter went through. And and the president told a, a great story about the special forces team mm-hmm. naming their mission to take out al-Baghdadi yeah. after her birthday. Because it ties in. Uh, look, we all know about the policy accomplishment. I, but the personal story is what I, I agree. I had tears in my eyes at the same I, moment. I, I, it was beautiful and powerful. And the third time uh, was was the the mom with her two little kids, who's a soldier, and her husband's a soldier, and he was deployed in Afghanistan, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the president said, "And he's back here now." Yeah, we'll talk about a reveal. And talk the about- look on her face, I. And to see him come down, that sergeant come down the steps and her like she was next to Melania and mm-hmm. the, the joy she expressed her kids. I mean, seeing him hug his little girl, hug his little boy. I 
okay, that that is a new threshold. There's never been a Lenny Stutnik moment where you actually right. reunite a soldier's family right in front of right. you. I think to the surprise of, 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 of the family that that was incredible. It was powerful. It was it turned everything up to 11. And I, I agree. I mean, it was it was just such an effective speech. He didn't mention impeachment, which I'm very glad that was part of your conversation. And other other people had had encouraged him that way, too. And by the way, he did a great contrast last week. Yeah. Last week, I was the White House twice. One day for the announcement of his Middle East peace proposal, mm-hmm. he was there with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. The next day for the signing of the U.S. Uh, MCA, the Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement. And I thought the silent contrast yes. of he's working for the country for good for the future while the congressional Democrats are just consumed with hate. I, I think that was a really sharp contrast. And we'll see the contrast again tomorrow because you had the State of the Union, a really, really strong State of the Union and State of the Union address. Tomorrow is the vote on impeachment. I mean, you're going to go, it's pretty late into the evening. So, you know, in a few hours, you're going to head back to the Senate. How does impeachment end? Well, before we finish the State of the Union, let me say two quick things on it. Okay. Number one, I think the Democrats seemed incredibly out of touch. I think to any American watching, you wonder, why can't you cheer for Americans? Yeah. <laughs> like when the president says 12,000 new factories, we're seeing a blue collar boom. Democrats for years have claimed to be the party of working men and women, the right. party of unions, and they're sitting there snarling Furious. at manufacturing jobs. Um, you know, when, when the president pointed out, one of the first people he pointed out in the gallery was an African-American man from Ohio who'd been homeless, who'd been had substance abuse problems. And because of an opportunity zone, part of what we implement in the tax cuts that incentivizes capital and jobs in struggling neighborhoods, he now has a job. He's 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 clean and turned he's got his a, life around, he turned his life around. And the Democrats just snarled and right. and. and and you think about it, most of these inner cities, these, these, these areas with, with severe poverty, almost all of them are represented by Democrats. Yeah. And it was literally their own congressional representatives angry that their constituents who are struggling are doing better. I guess that, that someone that else did it for them. It, it, it ruins their narrative. And the moment that I think captured the whole night, sadly— was at the end of the speech when Nancy Pelosi stood up and ripped the speech in half. I thought that was the Constitution she was ripping. It was the speech. Okay, maybe I mistook that. And I was I was sitting not very far from her either. I was off on the side. I was actually sitting between Marco Rubio and Rand Paul. It was kind of an interesting, <laughs> the day after Iowa was sort of amusing, but that was just it's accident. A little reunion. Where we walked in, but we were kind of, I was kind of laughing at, at how the seating worked out. But, and, and the... I didn't initially see her tear the speech. It was Marco who nudged me and said, did you see, you see her tearing the speech? And I looked up and she was still tearing it. And, and I was seething. Hmm. I, it, it was pitiful yeah. and disgusting. And, and, and it, it, I think Nancy Pelosi should be ashamed. And, and I, listen, So disrespectful. It, 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 fine, I get that parties have different views and you don't like. But look, I, I went to, I think, four State of the Unions Obama gave. He talked about all sorts of policies I didn't like, and I didn't applaud for all of them. So there's one picture, I think it was from the 2013 State of the Union, where you had in a row 
me, I forget the order, but it was me, Chuck Schumer, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, Lindsey Graham, John McCain. <laughs> and Obama was saying, we need to give amnesty for illegal aliens. And Schumer and Lindsey and McCain and Gillibrand are all standing cheering and I'm <laughs> sitting there silently. I'm actually perfectly fine with that picture. They uh, want to cheer for amnesty. I ain't gonna. Right. That, that, that's fine. I, I don't mind where there's a policy disagreement expressing it. But to rip the speech in half yeah. showed a contempt, not just for Donald Trump personally, yeah. but a contempt for the presidency, a for contempt the for the American yeah. people that uh, I, I thought was repulsive. And I can tell you one Democratic senator who, who will remain nameless, but mm. on the elevator down, he, he turned to me and said, did Pelosi really rip up the speech? You mentioned this the other day. You and, said, and it was no. This was just tonight. This was just like an hour or two hours ago. You mentioned also how some of these Democratic senators or more moderate senators they really have not liked this he, uh, intense. He was really unhappy with that. I said it was pitiful and offensive and disgusting, and I was I was I was genuinely huh. pissed. Yeah, I mean, it made me angry, and it was interesting. This one Democratic senator he said, "That's terrible." That's completely now. Look, he didn't like some of what Trump said, but it was sort of the. When I look at the congressional Democrats, they're consumed by hate, hmm. and hate's ugly. Yeah, it, it, it is an ugly. Like, fine if you want to disagree on substance, but we should be rooting for the American people. We should be celebrating. Victories, And by the way, my job, I represent 28 million Texans. I, I don't just represent the Republicans in Texas. Right. I represent Democrats <laughs> uh-huh. in Texas and, and libertarians yeah. and independents. But you know what? If I'm fighting for more jobs and higher wages and protecting their rights, that benefits everyone. Right. And, and it, it made me angry, but it also made me sad to see that right now, hatred of Trump consumes all else. We ought to all be able to root for Americans because that, 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 that should be who we are. I was obviously not there in person. I was just watching on TV, and I, I agree with you. The, the anger, the, the sourpuss, the, the, what appeared to be hatred doesn't play well on TV. I'm glad to hear that there, were, there was at least one Democratic colleague who, who found it troubling as well. Before we go, yep. we're, we're obviously so much to get to. We'll have to get to more tomorrow. Uh, let's try to get to one or two mailbag questions. Uh, first question from Miles. Iowa caucus implosion. Hilarious thing or the most hilarious thing? Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. I- inept. As I said, I felt bad for the, the activists, like the volunteers right. who worked. Right. But uh, look. <laughs> for Democrats who want to run everything. They ought to demonstrate they can count votes first. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, one question, I guess, can tease. By the way, can you can you imagine these rocket scientists taking over and deciding, like, whether, when, and if you get a heart transplant? Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, uh, well, we got a system in an app, and I'm sorry the app doesn't work, so... Uh, I'll have to cross some border uh, if, if that I'll ever comes to I'll let you know in be. three days whenever uh-huh. the app operates. Hope you're doing all right by then. This is a question. It's a little bit on impeachment, but I guess it'll touch on tomorrow's vote as well, because mm-hmm. tomorrow's going to be the big vote. Do you quit the president or do you remove him from office? From Karen, I understand treason, bribery, and high crimes as grounds for impeachment. What I do not understand is misdemeanors. How do you go from treason... To misdemeanors. So far, no one's explained what that means exactly. 
And I'm hoping you, Senator, can. Yeah, look, it, it, it's a good question, and it's a weird term. Some of it to remember is the distinction of felonies and misdemeanors didn't exist as those terms are understood. Okay. Because you uh, think of a misdemeanor as kind of a minor crime. You, you, and so that's a confusing part of the phrase. I wouldn't think of them as separate categories. The phrase as a whole is other high crimes and misdemeanors. And that that was a unified. So there were misdemeanors at the time the Constitution was adopted that were punishable by death. Yikes. So so a misdemeanor was not a speeding ticket. It was yeah. not a parking ticket. It, it, it was the, the phrase high crime or misdemeanors were serious crimes and they were crimes against the public trust. They were things like bribery and treason. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just um, you know, knocking over a 7-Eleven. It, it, was, it was a crime mm-hmm. that did harm to the public, to the nation, like treason. But by the way, the, uh, you know, one of the examples that, that Adam Schiff used is, is, well, under the definition of, of high crimes and misdemeanors that, that Dershowitz and others are saying, what happens if, if, if a president allowed Alaska to be invaded? <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say, Dan Sullivan, the, the senator from Alaska, was pretty worked up about this. Say, oh, no, no, I'm against that. Yeah, I, I oppose and, the invasion of Alaska. And I pointed out, Dan, and he agreed with me on this, but I said, Dan, if a president allows a foreign country to invade the United States of America, that's treason. Yeah. That, that is actively <laughs> covering it. Don't worry. Like, the Constitution defines treason in the text of the Constitution. And you don't get to allow our enemies to invade and take over any of the United States. It's a shame that we have to teach our legislators that now, although I'm sure. Uh, although I'm, Dan knew that. I don't, I don't right, want to read emphatically, so it, I'm not, not throwing him. I, I'm sure, though, that there are going to be many House Democrats who do try to impeach the president again for speeding tickets and for parking tickets. So that's something to look forward to. We will be discussing, obviously, the big vote that comes out tomorrow. But unfortunately, we're out of time today. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs, Freedom, and Security Pack, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations, and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs, Freedom, and Security Pack plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. 
This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. So a couple years ago, I hit 40 years old, and man, did things change. I didn't have the same strength and vitality that I had before, and I didn't have what I wanted, and that was the ability to work out and have a blast doing it. So then the pounds started packing on. Well, thank goodness I found Chalk, C-H-O-Q, and they're helping real American men just like you maximize your masculinity by boosting your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. Now, I've been taking the Chalk Vitality Stack for over a year now, and not only am I working out, I've now lost 50 pounds. So if you're ready to maximize your masculinity today, go to Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com, and use promo code BEN for a massive discount on any Chalk subscription for life. C-H-O-Q.com, code BEN, limited time offer. Subscription is cancelable at any time. Chalk.com.